1: And that's right, everybody. Welcome back once again to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. As always, I'm your host Rob Kramer, joined by my co-host Daniel Bobo Curlin. And Dan, how you doing today, buddy? Yeah, doing good. Just getting through the cold
0: because the,
1: the 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 heating in the house is getting repaired tomorrow. So it's
0: like so I decide, so i just it's one of those times that i kind of last couple last two days I've had to kind of wear a ski cap inside the house. Oh
1: shit! That sucks, man. That's the worst time of the year for the heat to go out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of a problem. It's being, it's be it's be, it, it's actually being fixed as we speak.
1: <laughs> yeah. the, you know, at least you got that going for you.
0: Yeah, yep. So at least tomorrow morning, I won't be, I won't be freezing when I shower before I head to work.
1: Yeah, that'd be a good thing. That would definitely be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I, I, I have to swear. I don't know who. I don't know where, where they thought of those ideas, but man, if they didn't cost so much to import those Japanese toilets, it would be a great idea for the states.
1: <laughs> well, you're definitely right about that. Those, uh, yeah, those toilets could go for a lot of money, no doubt about it. But um, yep. yeah, But yeah, man, it sounds like you've been having a uh, pretty interesting last couple of days. The, uh, uh, you know what? And let's just start with your new york football giants because they've had a couple of interesting days too now on sunday they went out there and uh, defeated the philadelphia eagles for the first time in a while ending their streak uh they knocked them off 27 to 10 really handling the eagles for most of the game the eagles really only put up a couple of late points to make it even look a little closer than it was but um then after that you know we we kind of hear from brian dayball and everything and uh, we we have the, the post-year press conference where he talks to the media and everything seemed okay between him and Wink Martindale. Uh, Wink still had, at that point, a year left and $3 million on his contract. And then the news breaks that Wink Martindale and the Giants part ways and it's not on good terms at all. Now, the story that's being reported by, uh, I'm not sure, I want to say Jay Glazer, Uh, But it's it's from a a very reliable source that apparently Wink Martindale went into um, Brian Table's office and cursed him out, like completely dressed him down and in typical Wink Martindale style, just ripped the guy apart and then stormed out of the room. Next thing you know, he's on a flight back down to uh, his house down south and um, and he, you know, uh, supposedly was trying to get fired. Because if he gets fired, then he gets the three million dollars the Giants owe oh, Now the Giants and him part ways, so he doesn't get that money, but he does get the opportunity to coach elsewhere. So, uh, you know, very very weird set of circumstances there for the Giants and, and Wink Martindale. But then, what is your immediate reaction to being in the market for a new D coordinator?
0: Uh, well, unfortunately, I, I just feel like I don't I don't get why the heck they needed to fire Wink Martindale. I feel like the defense was, was really great
1: this year, I feel like. I feel like well, the defense well, was well, definitely Dan, just, not a problem. Dan, just remember, they, they really didn't fire him. He kind of forced their hand. He he went in there and cursed out Brian Dable. And and once you do that, you can't bring him back. You know what I mean? The, the, he made it to where there was no way they could bring him back, even if they wanted to. Yeah, so it's like it, it just, just
0: shocked me that he just didn't – he was. He actually wanted to leave, but unfortunately, now we're on a we're on a search for another defensive coordinator. I hear a lot of Giant fans, and this one's a, I feel like is a real pipe dream, though. It'd be really nice. Apparently, there's fans that want that think Bill Belichick would probably be filling in that role, closing 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 out his uh his uh coaching career itself, being a, a defensive coordinator for the for the Giants.
1: It's like, if that happened, that would be the craziest thing ever. But the, the thing about that, too, is I feel like that would be a uh, a really, really um, – whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> I feel like that would be a really, really uh, interesting choice for Dayball because then let's just say the Giants get off to a rocky start next year. Then you kind of put yourself in, in a position where – every fan is going to say fire Brian Dable and make Bill Belichick the head coach. You know what I mean? So it's almost like you're, if Dable does this, he's going to be hiring, which, you know, it's questionable that, that Belichick would even take the, the gig in the first place, but it would almost be like Brian Dable was hiring his replacement, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like we, like, what like, likely to happen. So it, it's, it's going to be a, a lot of lot, lot of question mark, question marks going into the going into the off season. Did I didn't I didn't have this one on my off season bingo card. New defensive <laughs> coordinator, but yeah. If if anything, the first thing I had on my off season bingo card was literally the draft. But yeah. this is
1: yeah.
0: this this one this one just hit me by surprise the next day, the, the on Tuesday. Yeah,
1: man. Well, one other thing that you definitely have on your offseason bingo card uh, of wondering what the Giants are going to be doing, though, is the deal for Saquon Barkley. Now, he said um, in his postseason press conference that he feels that the Giants should either just franchise him now or give him an extension. Don't drag this thing out. And even though the Giants, when they gave him that little salary bump to end his uh, holdout last year, um they, they made the uh the promise to him that they would not franchise tag him this year so it's interesting that Saquon even said that but what do you think about uh, about this whole deal Dan do you expect Saquon to be back next year or do you think that maybe uh it's just going to be impossible to get a deal done
0: I feel like they need to bring they need to get, get bring bring him back next year I feel like I feel like he's just an integral part of the of the offense.
1: He's their best offensive player, no doubt about it, by far.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I expect him to be back.
1: Yeah, yeah i I, I do agree with you that it makes sense, but it also I don't know something something kind of seems off to me. It feels like the Giants don't want to pay him. Uh, for whatever reason, I mean, I guess obviously the the running back spot has really been um, trivialized, I guess is a good word for it, over the last couple of years. It hasn't been uh, treated with the respect that it was in years past where you always had that uh, that big guy that you could rely on that everybody strived to have, like back in the day when the Giants had, you know, Tiki Barber, the Jets had Curtis Martin, and you had other guys like, uh, you know, Marshall Falk and all these top, top-of-the-line running backs out there all the way up to Adrian Peterson, and Tomlinson, guys like that, you don't really see that anymore with these uh, bell cow backs, as they used to call them. Uh, and the the running backs really aren't being paid as much uh, these days. They, they want to, you know, it, it seems to me that they really want to keep the running back salary down. And it's going to be interesting to see if anybody decides to step up and actually pay Saquon because even though he's been around for a while, Saquon Barkley is still pretty young, right? I mean, what is he? 27, 28 years old? Yeah, exactly.
0: So I just feel like I feel like Saquon Barkley has a good 3 years left, I feel like.
1: At least, you know, and he's been such a good player for the Giants that even if like you said, he he has a good 3 years left in him, then pay him for 4. You know, he he he's been that guy for the Giants since what, 2018 pretty much outside of the the uh, the year he got hurt. You know, even when he came back, you could tell he still was not fully healthy. But he was going out there and, you know, putting his body on the line again for the Giants. So this is a guy that's put everything on the line for the, you know, for, for Big Blue, and he should be paid like it, I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He paid a man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. I mean, we got the, uh, uh, you know, he's going to, when he leaves the Giants or when he retires, whatever his time here is up, uh, it's going to be, you know, really um, interesting to see where he falls in the Giants history books because he's going to be up there with uh, with the greats that, that, that we remember from Giants past. And, uh, you know, just like we saw Sterling Shepard really rack up all those catches for the Giants under the radar, you know, it's going to be... People are going to be surprised how high Saquon is on the list uh, of all-time Giants, especially their running back position,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. I just feel like he. he I feel like if he if he signs to an extent, to an extent, with the Giants, he has definitely the the potentially to have at least his status up there in a his name in a ring of honor.
1: Yeah. No doubt about it, man. Deservingly so, like you said. So real interesting to see what the Giants front office feels if they, uh, you know, agree with us about that. So um, only time will tell. The Giants have, I believe, until right around March 15th when free agency starts. So going to be real interesting to see what happens there. Uh, On the other side of MetLife, the Jets up in New England beat the Patriots for the first time since 2015 December 27, 2015, to be exact. They end their losing streak at 15, 17-3. to three, Really highlighted by that uh, incredible game from Brees Hall, where he had 36 carries for 178 yards and a touchdown, ripping off that 50-yard touchdown run to really cap things. Uh, so really good things out of Brees Hall. You know, Robert Sala actually admitted we were talking about this on our Patreon show, which, by the way, if you're interested, only 5 bucks a month. Uh, we were talking about this on our on on our show the other day about how it stinks that, um, you know, they ended up falling a couple of yards short for uh, Brees Hall to end up with two, with a a, a thousand for the season. He ended up with 994, six yards short. Robert Sala actually admitted in his, in his press conference that their statisticians told them that he actually hit the number that he got a thousand yards. So, even the quick math, you could look at it and tell that he, he didn't get it. Isn't that crazy that these guys who are paid to tell these guys th- these kind of numbers screwed that up, and he, he ends up falling six yards short of 1,000? I, I am surprised that a statistician in the
0: NFL would get that wrong. You're freaking on the upper echelon of statisticians. You're the ones that, that literally literally are responsible for the stats in one of the largest brands in sports and you and you screw that up it's just like gotta be wrong you you deserve to 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 walk to ride the subway wearing a dumps cap
1: <laughs> if, if you make I that mistake i couldn't agree with you more about that man and uh yeah i definitely agree with you about that so yeah it's a uh, you know, uh, the, the other thing I wanted to get to at the Jets, too, is that obviously we've been talking about how their uh, their plan right now is to keep their coaching staff intact. Um, obviously, Nate Hackett, the offensive coordinator, uh, there is a chance, I guess, their defensive coordinator, Ulbrich, gets picked up for a, um, a head coaching gig, which, I, I, b- believe it or not, has actually been talked about, you know. So very interesting to see what happens with that. Um, you know, who... Who knows what the possibility? It'll be interesting, wouldn't it be interesting if, uh, um, you know, old Brick ends up getting taken out and they bring in a guy like Wink? Wouldn't that be weird if he ends up coming back here? Although I doubt that because his defensive scheme is uh, is is different than what the Jets like to run. But uh, that that would be an interesting little thing. But it, the the other interesting thing I saw was that um, we had a couple of big head coaching firings over the last couple of days in the NFL with Pete Carroll getting fired today, believe it or not. And um, Mike Vrabel getting fired in Tennessee. By the way, I think both moves are are not good ones for their franchises. Before we even move on, Dan, what do you think about both those guys getting axed?
0: That just surprised me because they were both great coaches. I mean, that 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 just surprised me. I mean, Pete Carroll has had a has had a great coaching legacy just about everywhere he coached aside aside from you guys. Uh, Except for the Jets.
1: But he was still young then to give him a break. That was in the so, early nineties.
0: But but yeah, he's had such a great coaching legacy that that's a, that surprised me. I mean he 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 pretty much helped the Seahawks in uh in a had made had made them a contending team and then this that one that one just surprised me.
1: Yeah, definitely surprising. And a a interesting thing came out of that too. So uh, not with Pete Carroll. I- I'm sure there will be more fallout from that in the next couple of days. But in the fallout from Vrabel getting fired in Tennessee, there was a couple of players that played under him there that that came out. I forget the guy's name, who it was. I should have wrote it down, but I didn't. So, unfortunately, my bad. Um, but the funny thing was that they were talking about how much they loved playing for Vrabel and how they, they weren't sure about the move. And... That uh, he got them ready every week, and that you know it was always great to play for him and his coaches. And they specifically mentioned, except for Keith Carter. Now, the reason why I found that interesting is because Keith Carter was their offense, their offensive line coach who got fired after last season. And guess where Keith Carter ended up? He ended up on the Jets' staff. Uh, He was the Jets' offensive line coach this year. Now, Dan, what was the worst part? Of the Jets team this year, obviously their offense. But what was the worst part of their offense?
0: Their their quarterback.
1: Well, that's true too, but partially because of their offensive line, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Their offensive line. Yeah. So, Keith Carter, who everybody questioned all year, anyway, and apparently his players hated him. Who Robert Sala, and this is the quote that was used from guys in the Jets media like Brian Costello saying that Robert Sala pounded the table to bring in uh, Keith Carter last year. And apparently he's so disliked by his players in Tennessee and even here in New York, because when players heard that, I saw Brees Hall um, had a whole bunch of laughing emojis when he saw that. And apparently even a Beckton Becton commented on it as well. So, and nobody was disagreeing. So the Jets have this coach here who coached their worst unit on the team, and they're bringing him back supposedly. And he's a big Robert Sala guy, and, and so it, it it all just kind of falls into place that maybe the Jets aren't hiring the right people, and maybe a few of these guys should get fired, even though obviously the top guys like Hackett and Sala aren't going anywhere, you know? Yeah, that that
0: just surprised me. There there should have been there should have been some firing to the coaching staff it just that that just totally surprised surprised me
1: yeah man and you know with you know the the thing for the jets too is that they've always had the question of what's going on with quarterback especially over the last 10 15 years but with rogers set to return now dan what do you think is the biggest off-season need the jets need to address
0: well i think one major thing they need to do off-season is, is uh Depth at backup quarterbacks. We we saw it this year. What, hap- what th- That is the first thing because I feel like that is the first domino that fell was the moment that uh, practically the beginning of the game, practically almost the start of the game. It was like the game started. Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and yep. that was like, yeah, and that pretty much showed it that we that you guys had no depth at at. At backup quarterback and it and it, it just showed the longer the season went on.
1: You're hundred percent right, Dan. And they went into this saying that they wanted to give uh you know Zach Wilson a red shirt year, using that college term, meaning that he's not gonna play this year at all. But now but going into this year, they put themselves in the circumstance where if anything happened to Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson would be the first guy in. And that's exactly what happened. And you know what? Then uh, you said that they're going to be looking for a backup quarterback, and Joe Douglas agrees with you, because in his uh, postseason press conference, um, as well with the with the media, he said that they're going to be um, allocating funds to a veteran backup quarterback, which all but spells out the end of Zach Wilson's run here in New York, meaning that you know, probably by March he's either going to be released or traded, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, I think uh, aside from backup quarterback, the offensive line is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. There's a lot of different scenarios unfolding right now, with the tr- trade ups and trade backs, where the uh, Jets are going to be looking for a young offensive line, uh, you know, a young offensive lineman in the draft, and they're also going to be looking for, uh, you know, offensive linemen in the free agent market too, because they're pretty much going to have to overhaul that line. I don't see Mikay Beckton being back next year. Uh, You know, I don't see a guy like Billy Mitchell being back next year. Although, if he is, obviously, it'll be in just a backup role. But uh, there's going to be a a big overhaul. I mean, probably only Titman, the center, and Elijah Tucker, who was injured for most this year, the uh, right guard, are probably going to be the only two non-casualties from that line. So uh, definitely have to keep an eye on what they're doing there. But um, just to keep it rolling along here, though, Dan, I want to – um, you know what I was going to let's do a little baseball first before we jump into a little hockey um, did you see that the Mets signed uh, lefty Sean Manea with the Giants last year that uh, they signed a two-year $28 million contract well, what are your thoughts on that Dan I, as much as I've been down on the Mets this year in this off season, I don't mind this move I think this is an okay move
0: yeah I just feel like this is okay he's maybe about a 500 pitcher I'll probably get you a couple wins, maybe, maybe, maybe get, maybe pitch a lot of innings. So I feel it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice middle of the middle of the road, the middle of the road pitcher. So I, I feel this this one might be might be one of the better pickups the Mets have made. And for once, they actually got the 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 pitcher that they that they should have got based on what we based on what what the prognosis is what or Early season was going to be. There were several pitchers that we uh, we failed to get that could have easily have gotten. We finally got one that we should, that that we should have pounced on. I feel like.
1: I agree, and I especially like the fact that he's a lefty. He's crafty. Um, you know, this is a guy that's had success in the past. So um, yeah, definitely a, uh, a a good move by the Mets bringing him in here and shores up the rotation a little bit more even though he, he only made 10 starts last year, but historically he's, he, he's been a starting pitcher. So uh, very interesting with that. I think, um, you know, I've been hearing too, the Mets are looking to trade for pitching. Have you heard this deal that they're talking about right now uh, where the Mets are supposedly uh, talking with the Marlins to get their, their left-handed pitcher, Lazardo, And uh, he's, he's a good young pitcher. He's got a great fastball. Uh, really, really like seeing that kid. Uh, I, I saw him last year live in Miami and he shut the Mets down over that time. Uh, this guy's got really good stuff. And supposedly the Mets are talking to him right now. Um, and the word is that Beatty would be in that deal. Uh, what do you think, Dan? Would you be willing to give up Beatty in a package to that?
0: I would definitely be down for that. I mean, he's, this is great pitching. If that's not, if that's all we have to give up, then that's, I, I can live with that. We, we'll just slot in. We'll just slide in Mark Vienno. If I feel at third base.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I, I wouldn't mind uh, giving Vienno's a shot there, but yeah, definitely. If, if you could pull off that kind of deal for, with Beatty for Lazardo or anything like that, maybe you throw in another little prospect here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, prob-
0: yeah. Probably throw in one of our surplus the catchers.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. And, uh, yeah, we we certainly have enough of that, no doubt about that. Yeah, so um,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I just I just feel like, and I've always felt like that our surplus of catchers might be used as trade bait. I felt like, and that that's my consensus, and that, that this might be a pitcher that I feel will at least get a could could get us at least elevate us to at least a wild card, and I, as far as I see. Just getting in is getting in, well, what, what matters is that getting in. And if you can get in, I just feel like baseball, if you can get in, it's a crapshoot.
1: Oh, yeah. But, I mean, look at the Texas Rangers. Who would have thought that they would have won last year, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah I, I I did
0: not have them on their. On,
1: I mean, they, they
0: looked like they were trying to make big moves. It looked like they were trying to, like, go one. I, I, I just felt like it looked like they were trying to get, like, Move up to contender. I didn't. I didn't. I had no way. Saw them move up to winning the World Series. I would have not predicted a World Series matchup between Arizona and Texas. But yep. that's what happens. You got to make it to get it. To you got to make it to win it. And as far as they see, you make you make it. You you pretty much showing you've got a shot to win it.
1: Yeah, and you know what? With the Mets, though, still I. I still don't like their offense enough. I don't think the Mets offense is good enough right now. Even uh, the, And to be honest, e- even with Manea, I'm not really blown away by their starting rotation either. I mean, you know, Kodai Senga, uh, Jose Quintana, Luis Severino, um, you know, Tyler McGill and David Peterson. And, you know, that that's not a very good rotation at all. There's still probably another arm or two away from having, and legit arms, I mean, from from having a good rotation, you know.
0: Yeah, I just feel like right now they're, and my my, my consensus is that they're going to make, they got to make at least one one more trade move, like like as we just mentioned, that move. Then maybe use more of our catching surplus for potentially at the trade deadline. That's going to be a big telling factor of where the Mets are going to be this year. Is where are we at the trade deadline because I just feel like there is no way that it that they 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 will not do something at the trade deadline if they are in contention all the, good well, teams they're waiting to the it, trade
1: deadline that you know if if they're waiting to the trade deadline they're they're gonna be dead by that time they're gonna have to do something before the season for their offense and for their pitching there's still one big bat they need to add and one big pitcher they need to add going into this season in my opinion <laughs> Or, or they they're just going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, again, and I I feel like they are going to make the move on Justin Turner.
1: If, if they do that, if if that's the case, then I agree with you. Then I think if if you bring if you trade Beatty to the Marlins and bring in Lazardo and then replace Beatty at third base with Justin Turner, I am very very happy with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just feel like I feel like you can get you can get Turner on a good deal. And I feel like that's where they're going. That's where they're going to, that's where they're going to go. I just feel like, I just feel like once they, once they've decided on if they're going to make a trade for the pitching, then I feel they're going to go, they're going to, it's going to fall into place. The just, just the Turner, which I feel like is, is it definitely a
1: decent pickup at, at DH. Yeah. And third, you know, he could play third a little bit. He could DH, so he could stick Vientos at third base and, swap them back and forth a little bit and then you know obviously the Mets also signed Harrison Bader. I think we touched on it a little bit last week but Dan what do you think what are your thoughts on the Bader deal? It's official now 10 million dollars for a year. Uh, he's got no bat really, which is you know that hurts but he he does have some clutch spot ability. We've seen him in, hit in the playoffs and he's also one of the best defenders um, in in the league d- dating back to since he's been in the league. Uh, so you, you know, what do you think of this move, too, Dan? On top of everything else.
0: Well, I feel like maybe I feel like that this is a player that's gonna really fly under the radar on the Mets. But I feel like if there's any if there's any chance of the Mets having any success, this guy will should should not be overlooked as as who as someone who will play a factor in that. I feel like.
1: Yeah, and you know the only thing that I, I also worry a little bit about this is um i wonder if this knocks brandon nimmo out of center field because i think brandon nimmo has done a lot especially after he got that big extension last year um i think brandon nimmo has done a lot um to earn that center field job over the last couple years and he's played a really good center field too so i really hope that because they add bader that it doesn't you know knock Nimo at a first, at a center field. I I know they said it wouldn't, and that it just gives them, uh, you know, a little bit more versatility in the outfield. But I think that Nimo has done enough to earn that center field job.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just feel Nimo's done a good, done enough to earn that job. I just feel like Nimo just seems like he gets he just he's good at flying under the radar, getting those timely hits, and plus I feel like his outfield range. I feel like really gets underappreciated on this team.
1: Yeah, and he's only gotten better. You, you remember when he first came in the league, people were talking about how Brandon Nimmo could be a defensive liability in the outfield. But he's been very good and has improved himself every single year.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just I just I just feel like from 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 the moment I I saw signs of what what Nimmo could do as a player, Way back when he was in the minor leagues he 's one of the guys i 've been lucky enough to see in a, in the minors move up in the minors uh, being a thanks to the fact that the Met, that the Mets are well then they were then the low a affiliate of course now the cyclones are the, are the high a affiliate but back then they were the low a affiliate but the fact that we've had one of our minor league affiliates in the area that 's easily accessible to fan to fans in the in the, in the new york area i got to, a lot of us get got to see this guy uh on a get begin- on the early parts of its journey to the big leagues and got to see those flashes of a uh, brilliance, I feel like.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree with you, man. Totally agree with you. So uh yeah, definitely um, you know, not as contentious as a Mets segment as last week when uh we we both were definitely a little heated with what we've seen from the Mets. But um, you know, hey, I'm still not thrilled with what we've seen, but uh, you know, hopefully if they start doing things like that, bringing in guys like Lizardo, bringing in guys like Justin Turner, then I start to see this thing come into picture a little bit more, and I start to feel better about the long-term plan than than what we have so far because right now this offense and this pitching staff is unacceptable.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I just feel something needs to be made. I, I feel like we need to at least make this year at least a building block year, I feel like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you, Dan. And uh, you know, sw- switching over to a little bit of hockey here, a team that is not in a building block here is our New York Rangers, as they lost um, the uh, six to three in their last game against Vancouver. And you could just see how much the how faster the Canucks were than the Rangers, how much they got into the offensive zone quicker and easier than the Rangers, and how tough it was for the Rangers, who are a good structured defensive team, to stop them. Uh, thank God they're in the Western Conference, um, but uh, the Rangers have now lost back to back. They've lost three of four. Um, I think I'm pretty sure they're like eight and seven or something in their last fifteen. So they're they're playing like 500 hockey lately, Dan. This has been an, over an extended period of time. Uh, they, you know, the the big catch, the the, the big uh, you know thing for me right now is are injuries catching up to the Rangers, or was their hot start unsustainable?
0: I just feel like right now, this is a, I feel like every team, I feel like even the teams that get off the line, they, they kind of go through a little rough patch. And I feel right now that rough patch is ha- ha- happening right now. And I feel the big thing is going to be how they manage this rough patch. And my gut feeling is that the Rangers are going to bounce back big time after after that loss. I also feel like, yes, the, the, the most recent game against the Canucks, I feel like the Rangers may have made a couple of defensive mistakes against Vancouver,
1: more That's, than a couple
0: yeah, yeah, yeah that, there was just so many that I just felt like that game that game was winnable. they could have held that game held them a lot closer than they did, and there was mm-hmm. several mistakes that that I feel like cost us, and uh we we need to sh- we need to reduce those those those, those little defensive mistakes. And I feel like we will will be definitely a formidable foe the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, you know, Igor allowed five of those six goals. With the uh, the sixth goal was an empty netter at the end, but uh, and you could argue that at least three of those five goals that he added, Igor had no chance on. It was all defensive, uh, you know, laziness and bad plays and just uh, you know coming back to to bite them in the ass and they really have to figure it out because when this team comes out there and plays a bad defensive game you know kind of like they did against my um, Montreal on Saturday to start the game now luckily they woke up in the third period and were able to scrap it out and get a point out of it but you know we, you can't go through stretches long stretches in a game like that playing that poor defensively and expect to be considered, a Stanley Cup contender. You know, especially, you know, obviously Vancouver, you can almost excuse a little bit because they're looking like they're an upper echelon team, but Montreal danced all over the Rangers and and they're a, a bottom of the barrel team. Yeah, that that one just that one surprised me. We we lost
0: that 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 game. I just I just feel like that game just had trap game the moment it started. It just had trap game and I'm just glad we, we managed to cut out a, a point of that, but we should, we, without a doubt should have had a win out of that game.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, especially once it went to overtime, that game was set up for the Rangers to win, but you have to also give credit to that Montreal goaltender because he made a couple of saves in, uh, not only the shootout, but an overtime leading up to the shootout that were just, uh, incredible. I think his name is like Montabon or something like that. Uh, guy is a a very young very good goaltender so maybe montreal uh finally has found the successor to carry price up there um but uh yeah that kid came out to play against the rangers no doubt about it and even though he blew a three goal lead was still able to uh, get two points so um you know the rangers next game now is against st louis on thursday night to tonight if you're watching this the day this episode came out so uh that, that's a big game too. You know, S- St. Louis, they've been up and down this season, but they're still a pretty decent team. And the fact that it's in St. Louis just makes it tough to begin with, right?
0: Yeah, but at, at the same time, I kind of uh, – this game, I'm just hoping the Rangers will win this because I just feel like that city of St. Louis gives me PTSD of bad memories.
1: <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, we definitely have had our history with the city of St. Louis. Thank you very much st louis cardinals but um you know the the st louis blues it's a it's a winnable game they're 500 team 2018 and one so far this year so uh if the rangers are going to beat them it looks like it's going to be in regulation this team uh doesn't play too many overtime games um so you know the uh the thing with the rangers now is that they have to start getting themselves back on another uh streak and Winning this game is going to be a big part of that because after this, then they go into the weekend with back-to-back against the Washington Capitals, and that's going to be tough in itself. You know, Capitals, Peter LaViolette's former team, uh, there's going to be a lot of emotions there. Last time the Rangers played them, uh, they they lost, and the, uh, you know, the Rangers have to get a little revenge against the Capitals, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I just I just really am pumped up to beat the fucking Capitals like, I feel like the uh, Tom Wilson at this point. This is it. It is this generation's pot of sucks chant.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I agree with you uh, about the uh, the Wilson sucks chant being the new pot van sucks because um, you know the, the 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 funny thing is though is that they are a good team and actually I'm I'm wrong about that. The last time they played, the Rangers beat them five one, but they split. I thought they were only playing three games this year, but actually they're playing four. So believe it or not, after this weekend, the Rangers will be completely done with the Washington Capitals. So um, you know now the Rangers are going to have to go out there and show the Capitals uh, that you know the and not just the Capitals too. They have to show everybody that the beginning of the season wasn't just a fluke. That eighteen and three start uh, wasn't just a hot you know a hot start. It, it was what they're going to be able to carry over for the rest of the season. They've gone into this lull right now, but it's time to wake up right
0: yeah, exactly. It's time to wake up they need, they, need, they need to they need to get out there and win this and I could tell you, I feel like it'll be a real momentum booster. We could somehow get win this game and get four points out of those two games against uh, Washington and whole, and and even extra if we could get through those games against Washington unscathed, because I just feel like that pesky Tom Wilson. Always some shit going on with him.
1: Yeah, you're right about that, man. And, um, yeah, the the other thing, too, is that now, Laviolette said the other day that um, Capococco is getting close to changing jersey colors, which means in practice right now he's wearing the red non-contact jersey, and uh, he's saying that he's going to get back to the normal practice color which would mean that he's set for contact again which means that it's only a matter of time before kapokako is back with the rangers which you know one thing that people don't give credit to kako for is his defensive ability sure he he did not really contribute offensively much when he first uh, started this season 20 games a goal and an assist not very good but his defensive metrics are off the chart And the Rangers defense really dropped off after Kako got hurt. So uh, it's definitely going to be a boost to the defense and the team itself when Kako gets back in the lineup and you can take a guy like Bradzinski out or, um, you know, a couple of these guys that are just filling roles right now for, uh, for injured players. So uh, definitely keep your eye on that. Now let's move along. We're going to wrap up here with the uh, Knicks uh, as it's going to be a little shorter show today. I'm a little under the weather. So, uh, we're going to keep the uh, streak going, but just a wee bit short. Um, Knicks coming off. Uh, let's uh, wrap up with them as the Knicks coming off a blowout win over the Trailblazers, 112 84 at the Garden. The Knicks' fifth straight win, and they improved to 5 and 0 since the OG and newbie trade. Dan, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Nunnabee, however how how you say his name. Dan, what are your thoughts on the new look Knicks right now as. They look like a brand new team, and Leon Rose is looking like a genius for for making this flip right now. I just feel like the Knicks are going to make a lot of noise during the
0: playoffs, and I feel that we, as as hosts of this show, are going to have one heck of a jam-packed shows. I mean, there's gonna, I mean, we're gonna have a lot of talk about big big playoff runs for. I mean, in hockey with the Rangers and uh, basketball with the Knicks, it's gonna be—it's just gonna be a lot of fun. It's—it's it's gonna be shades of of what happened in 1994, the what I call nice. the nearly the the, the the nearly double championship June.
1: <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, Dan, because uh, it's been far too long since that happened. The, the Rangers pulled off their half in uh, 94. The Knicks came up one game short in the NBA final that year. Uh, maybe we could turn the trick this year as right now, you know, and it, it seems like it, the Knicks are still in play to make a big move before the trade deadline. And, you know, having a guy like OG in here already by, I mean, you know, think about it, his Nick debut is on New Year's Day. So he's going to have plenty of time to feel comfortable and be ready by the time even the trade deadline, much less the playoffs, roll around. So, um, you know, hey, much credit to to Leon Rose and to Tom Thibodeau. Uh, this uh, this lineup is looking much deeper, and you know, surprisingly, you'd think with taking quickly and R.J. Barrett out of this lineup that it would have negatively impacted this team to a severe degree. I mean, quickly was one of their big contributors early on this year, and they look they just look like a, a much more well-oiled team after this trade, right? Yeah, I just feel like right now
0: maybe it was it, before we kind of had it, it was like okay, but I just feel like now it's starting to shape up more like the right mix, and I just feel like there's that one move that I just I just feel like there's 50-50 that it's happening that Donovan Mitchell will be getting his wish
1: to play for the Knicks. Could be, it could be, man. That'd be big news if that ends up being a case as we've speculated in the past. But um, yeah, now the uh, Knicks roll on to Dallas tomorrow against the Mavericks. Mavericks who've had an up and down year so far. Always interesting when the Knicks go to Dallas uh, as their, their trade history of the past couple of years with Porzingis and a couple of assets still being there. Uh, so very interesting uh, game tomorrow at Dallas or tonight. Once again, if you're watching, um, the uh, Knicks and, and the uh, Rangers both play in road games on Thursday night, uh, but hey, uh, you know, winnable game against Dallas, right? The the Knicks should be expecting to uh, have a six game winning streak after tomorrow, right? I mean, it's easier said than done, but uh, the Knicks are in good shape, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I know, and I know a couple of Knicks fans in the in, in Dallas that'll be in the stands to see that game. So hopefully, the Very Knicks cool. will put on a good showing for those. Uh, but it was uh, Nick fans living in Texas.
1: No doubt about it. The Knicks always travel well. Always good to uh, see Nick fans and uh, New York fans in general on the on the uh, road. We always uh, uh, chase our sports teams across the country. So,
0: yep, exactly. Uh, definitely... And I love when I go when I go to away games. When I see one of my teams on the road, I am always always gladly high fiving. Every time I see my fellow, you know my fellow, uh, you know my fellow fans, like whether let's say I'm seeing the Mets on the road, and I see fellow Mets fans, I am always gladly high fiving them on the way into the stadium.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, you got to give love to your fellow New York fans, no doubt about that, Dan. And uh, I think that's just about going to do it for us today, man. Uh, be, be, before we get out of here, do you have anything like to plug for yourself?
0: Sure. I, I gotta plug my uh, my 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 uh, my my Twitter account bobo103NYC, Instagram bobo718dk, same same handle on Treads, even though I haven't posted on Treads that much. I'll probably I said says, I said I forget that I have that I got 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 four four instead of three social media accounts now, and of course uh sure. of course YouTube YouTube there's some uh Bobo content there. There's gonna be. And there's going to be some content on, uh, on on my YouTube also because this Sunday the big the big headliner us making a guest appearance on the DV on the Davey Mac Sports program this Sunday it's happening and it's going to be so big that the universe might not be able to handle it.
1: <laughs> well said, well said. I agree with you, man. It's going to be a blast. Me and Dan heading out to Jersey to see. Um, uh, the East Side Dave Show be part of the East Side Dave Show have a great time out there with Dave Roy and uh Bobby and Big A and all the great people associated with the East Side Dave Show and, 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 and of course
0: I also got to mention about the venue they they do have they do they, it is open to, to to audiences so if you can make your out there way to the to the dojo of, I think it's a called the dojo of comedy east I know there's I, I know there's two of them. I keep, I keep losing track, but I know it's the Dojo Comedy East in uh Morris Plains, New Jersey. Make your way out of there around around 2 p.m. and you will get to see one of the greatest live audience of 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 a broadcast experience in a broadcast experiences right there. The Data Max Sports Program, and you would get to and you'll even get to,
1: to maybe get a photo
0: with us and uh, Dave Wolf and Roy
1: absolutely that's gonna be a blast man uh can't wait to see dave and the boys it's been a it's been a long time since i've been to an Eastside dave show live i think the last time i was at a a dave show taping was probably 2017 so it's been about six or seven years now a long time man can't wait to get back out there and see the boys again so uh yeah absolutely Uh, please don't forget to tune in and watch Eastside dave tv on youtube yeah, yep, yeah,
0: definitely do do definitely watch it. The, the the link The link will will be in it will be in the description to the Eastside Dave's uh, YouTube page to so make sure you know where to watch our epic appearance there. And there will be plenty of content. And of course, if you subscribe to Dave's Patreon, you'll get to see us make an appearance in a uh, driving with the boys, which I feel is going to be even extra hilarious having both of us be a part of that segment. And I've seen some extra hilarious things. Like, I still remember how hilarious that was. That they, they being on the phone with the... Remember when he was on the phone with the tech support at a, at a Verizon BIOS? He was, he was on the phone with tech support the entire drive, even after we arrived at the Dojo Comedy. You see him on the phone in the parking lot as we're walking into the venue. He's still on the phone with the, with, with the tech support.
1: And it oh just turned God. out to be
0: gold. It turned out it it, it, it was kind of turned out to be on plan, but it turned out to be it turned out to be hilarity and uh, just it just made it made that video a little bit more memorable. And I can't wait to see what will happen when uh what will happen beginning with on the way there. It's gonna be it's gonna be there's gonna be some I feel there's gonna be some hilarity even on the way there.
1: Absolutely, Dan. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the whole experience is going to be a blast. So we're going to have stuff up on our on our Patreon. I'm sure Dave's going to have like you know, like Dan said, a bunch of stuff up on his Patreon and well as well. So make sure to do yourself a favor and check all that stuff out. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter or X, you can follow us at B underscore podcast. If you want to follow me at my last name Kramer N Y, and don't forget at. Uh, best seat in the house podcast on instagram uh if you're not subscribed on youtube please subscribe and also check us out on rumble so thank you everybody once again for tuning in uh to the best seat in the house podcast i'm your host rob kramer for my co-host daniel bobo curlin we'll catch you next week everybody